The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Happy New Year. As I record this, it is January the 4th, and I have a special show that I'm not going to post on a Wednesday. I'm actually going to post it on a Saturday because it follows the lines of my kids' show on topics that matter to them. My next guest is not a kid. He's a young man of 27 years of age. And his story is remarkable. Justin Preston was bullied as a child to the point where he considered taking his life. But something happened to turn his life around. And now this remarkable young man is making a difference in so many people's lives. So that's why I am taking this episode and posting it on a Saturday because kids need to hear this. And I am delighted to introduce you to a remarkable man, Justin Preston. Hello, Justin, and welcome to Inspire Us. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. You've got a remarkable story that I want to share with our audience, because we're going to be talking about a topic that affects so many people, the young and older people alike. But we're going to focus on uh, bullying and how to deal with bullying, because you yourself were bullied for a very long time growing up. Can you tell us about that experience, Justin? I definitely can. Um, Waking up every day was a struggle, and being able to open up my front door with having confidence and courage. And every time I went to school, opening those same doors, the fears of walking down the hallways, To know that I wasn't loved or liked in my school definitely made a huge impact in my life. The shakiness, the awkwardness, the feeling so uncomfortable in your own skin. And I was reminded every single day of my difference. I knew I was different and being the only open gay person in my high school and coming out in elementary school, my life became very difficult and a lot of people didn't understand why I was who I was. And it was then until I became a leader, until I became older, that I knew that I had to use my voice and face my fears, just like now, um, to be a voice for the voiceless, to be that voice for the 15 year old Justin that needed somebody when things were so dark and dull to the point that I, I didn't wanna be here. I thought things would have been a lot better without me existing because I was reminded every day that I was useless, that I was worthless, that I was dirty. And even after so many years of processing, it still takes a toll on me because every time I have an opportunity like this to share my experience, I feel like I relive it. And I just want to be able to 
make sure that other people that are listening know that they're loved and liked because those thoughts that were in my head was I wasn't liked and I wasn't loved. Mm -hmm. And one person can make a difference, but it takes us together to change the world. You're absolutely right. And I want to assure you that this is a safe place, Justin. If there's anything that you do not want to talk about uh, that I may ask you about, it's all right for you to say no. It's all right for you to say, hey, you know, let's not talk about that particular time in my life. So this is a safe place for you. First of all, I would like, if you're okay with it, to go back to that 15-year-old Justin who experience so much hardship uh, from the other students. What was that like? What, what would they say? What would they do? And, and who did you go to? When I was 15, I want to say maybe even 14, I was in an open relationship of, with somebody of the same sex. And from being in love and holding his hand and feeling pride, with that came target boards. Wherever we went, we were reminded that what we were was not right and what we were doing was not okay. It wasn't in the movies. It wasn't on the radio. Being gay was like the dream of wishing that a straight person could love who they love and just that feeling of wanting that same acceptance. So coming out at a very young age, it was really tough. My friends, Growing up with them, it was very, very hard as well because their parents didn't like me, didn't want me around their children. You know, it made you feel honestly that that I was a freak, um, that I wasn't meant to be here. And to be that 15-year-old uh, little boy that didn't have the access to much resources um, inspiration of people that I can look up to, um, knowing that, hey, I'm not alone in this world. It was very difficult um, being able to go to school and having everybody already know your story without it ever being shared. When I told one of my friends in elementary school in grade eight, I told them that I liked somebody in the classroom. And once I told my friend the secret, the secret was no longer confidential. It ended up spreading through the school like wildfire. And as the summer went on going into high school, I assumed I was gonna have a brand new start, new friends, a new beginning, a new chapter. And I, I will never forget the day of being late on my first day. I was assigned for my uh, programs that my first period was gym. When I walked into that gymnasium and I seen everyone staring at me, whispering, pointing, that feeling in my body was like, they already know who I am and it wasn't for a good reason. So having to have this courage and broad shoulders to be able to face things head on, um, like I mentioned, oh no, did my laptop die? Nope. No, you're fine. You're, you're still here. Like, like I mentioned, coming out at a very young age, it was very, very difficult. It wasn't the abnormal. Um, and things just became very tough as days went on, um, the teasing, the name calling. And unfortunately for myself, I have a learning disability. So I was in the same classroom with the same kids 
every single period, four periods a day. It was the same individuals throughout my whole high school with the special program that I was in. So it was, there wasn't a change for me. There wasn't an escape. There wasn't a place for me to be able to breathe and to be able to collect myself from having a hardship during the first period. That first period all the way to the end of the day became hell. It became torture. I'll never forget at two o'clock when the bell would ring at 2.15, I'd always have the excuse of, can I go to the washroom? And as soon as I was able to leave that classroom, I grabbed my bags and my books and anything that I owned in my locker. And I made sure that I ran home to give myself a head start. Because if I did not, Paul, I would have kids waiting for me um, near the train tracks or over by the bridge. I was chased every day. And the worst thing about it was on my street, my biggest bully lived four houses down. Mm -hmm. So if I was able to leave my school a little bit earlier, just to get home, I knew that I was safe. But unfortunately, a lot of people skipped. And they were already there waiting for me. Mm -hmm. So I had to find ways to go around, walk a farther way around to home, than just taking that 15 minute shortcut. I would rather walk 45 minutes around the whole town, just knowing that I'm avoiding the people that are there waiting for me. I can't imagine what that must have been like, Justin, because uh, it's tough enough to be 14, 15, 16. It's tough enough to be a young person, but to to appear different and uh, and to be targeted for being you is just not right. And your voice has come so far because you found it in, in your heart to actually spread your story and do some good in this world. And I've been reading a lot of the things that you've accomplished and you have accomplished so much. Who did you turn to back then for support? Because at that age, to take 45 minutes to get home uh, to avoid the name calling or even physical beatings or, or whatever, because kids can be cruel. Who did you turn to back then? So my biggest regret is not being able to be as open as I am today with my mother. My mother is my biggest supporter. Mm. She's the one that cheers me on every day. And especially with making a difference, she didn't understand at first why I was dedicating so much time online, helping people by having so many others reach out to me on so many personal um, situations, but I was dedicating my time. And that's my biggest regret is not being as open as I should. To my mom, that was my number one, my best friend. Who I reached out to was somebody in my school and that was a, a counselor named Julie Matthews. She was an outstanding, amazing woman. When I would go to my principal and say, I just got a fruit basket whipped at me with condoms on it. And I was told, here you are, fruitcake. Stuff like that devastated me. And then while sitting there, having a few kids walk by shortly after to hork and spit on me, um, definitely gave an extra spice to how I was feeling. So when I would go to my principal and I would constantly report what was happening, 
my counselor, Julie, took it more serious than the person in charge. And if it wasn't for Julie being upset, being agitated with this repetitiveness of nonstop torment, I don't think there would have been changes made in my school in my school life. And one huge benefit I'm going to share with you, I ended up having to break up with my first love. We were together for almost two years. I would have been in grade 10 at this time. I was going through so much myself. I was getting beaten up. I had to deal with threatening messages online. As soon as I opened up my computer, it was always negative. And there was someone else that was also going through the same thing. And little did I know that because my life was so full of negativity and every day there was a problem. As you get older, you kind of understand of like, what was that person also going through at that time if my life was, was hell? Now, we were in two different communities, Fort Erie and Crystal Beach. We were unable to actually be connected. So if I was going through so much torment, it makes me now think, what was that person going through at the same time I was? And then piling on all of my troubles on what was happening to me onto them. You know, and I started going back in the past of, I remember him having a black eye. And then I remember him having another black eye. And I'm very, very thankful that I found courage within myself to be able to share my story with others. Because when people tell me that they want to share their story, I understand now why they want to share it, but they feel like they can. Um, we already face so much rejection. With all of this, there was a time in my life where after this breakup, I was assaulted. I would go home and I would check on my computer. And like I mentioned, my biggest regret was not speaking to my mother. I might get a little emotional, but that's okay. When, when I went home on this very day, I it was my birthday. I remember fighting with somebody um, in my school. They tried jumping me in front of the whole school. And when I went to my locker, I actually had the person that I was dating at the time, my first love, the first person I came out with, the first person that I dared to hold hands on the sidewalk, being proud of who I was and who we were and how love wasn't going to stop us from nobody. I ended up going to my locker and I got the signs that, why is everyone by my locker? And when I walked up the stairs, I told him to stay at the bottom because I knew something was going to happen. And when I went to my locker, um, one of my biggest bullies ended up pushing me against the wall saying, hey, are you talking crap about me? And instantly he tried fighting and I blacked out. And from my anger and emotions, all I remembered was teachers trying to rip me off of an individual and violence is never the answer. And I actually have never had the opportunity to share this portion. But violence is not the answer. But the aftermath of seeing how upset I was and the damage that I've done to someone else for self-defense, I felt destroyed. I remember shortly after we broke up 
And I remember going home, avoiding my mother. She even said, Justin, what's up? And I would just go to my room and I would just sit there and I would overthink. And there was a night that I literally, I felt so useless. I felt literally like this was it. You know, everyone can now have their wish and I'll no longer be here because the the, the pain of living my life and just trying to be happy and being that cheerleader in my school as everyone has known me as being positive and uplifting and funny. I was covering um, my emotions, my depression, um, hiding my mental health, which I, back then, I didn't understand what mental health was. And as I sat in my room, hours and hours and hours later, I felt like I wanted to end my life. And I instantly went on Google and I searched up the suicide hotline. And this wasn't the first time that I tried taking my life, but something just told me I needed to speak to somebody that was going to be there for me. And I ended up going on Google and I, and I searched suicide hotlines. And the first thing that popped up was kids help phone. Now I'd like to share a little bit about um, my conversation with kids help phone. When I dialed the number, I waited, I waited and I hung up and something overcame me and I ended up picking up that phone again. And I ended up calling kids help phone. When someone reached me, they were like, hi, my name is Stephanie. Um, I'm involved with kids help phone. They went on with a spiel and I just said I needed to talk to somebody. I ended up telling them that I was gay, that I was young that I've been bullied, having troubles in school, feeling so dead inside. And this woman spent over, I have to say, an hour and a half speaking with me, reminding me that I was worth it, reminding me to reach out to people in my school, reminding me that being who I was, was okay. And honestly, I think that's all I needed to hear was knowing that I was not alone in this world and I wasn't any much different than anyone else and to to even see myself as one of kids help phones national ambassadors from once being a person that used the service to now being able to provide the service and the tools and resources and pass them on to young people and adults that are coming to me for advice it's it's honestly just, it's amazing to just be here, to be alive, um, to be able to use my voice because I once thought that using my voice wasn't, that using my voice wasn't worth it. Well, you have touched on on so many important issues that I would like to examine and, and you brought tears to my eyes with that story. Uh, thank you for sharing that. There are a lot of people who, uh, are listening now that may be going through what you went through as a young man. And for all listeners out there who are experiencing what Justin experienced back then, he touched on a few things to open up and to be vulnerable, to share your story, to go to someone that you trust and to tell them and to reach out for that help because you are valuable, you are worthy. And there are people out there who are willing to help. 
And to bring it into context, how many years ago was that that you first announced that you were gay? Because things have changed a lot. And, uh, you know, we recognize that we all are entitled to be ourselves. But back then, it wasn't that way. How many years ago was that, Justin? I want to say about 14 years ago. I was 14. So that would make it almost 28. I am yep. 27. <laughs> so 13 years ago. I came out and 13 years ago was such a long time ago. And to see how far we've progressed, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And it makes, it makes me feel more confident for the youth and young people and adults nowadays to know that it's okay to be you and it's okay to be different. Uh, you know what? And, and exactly. Um, and I don't think it's all that different. We're all we're all unique individuals living this unique life and entitled to be who we are and to love who we want to love. That's an entitlement as human beings. So I applaud your courage uh, to speak for those who are voiceless at the moment, because there's a lot of kids out there who are being bullied, who are experiencing running away from people, avoiding people, closing themselves off from, from connection with other human beings and feeling so sad inside that they may themselves uh, be thinking about taking their own lives. So what you're doing and what others are doing in this area. And I, I've been talking with Rachel uh, Weinstock, who is- an She's amazing. Ah, a beautiful human being. And she's doing so much good. And you are too. And I want to talk about some of the things that you're doing. Once again, Justin, sharing that story took a lot of courage. You're one of the heroes out there. So thank you very much for doing that. I really, I really admire that in, in people. So thank you for that. Now, I want Can to I talk- Let's go ahead. I, pre <clears throat> I appreciate people like you that give us the opportunity with your platform to be able to share a voice, to be able to make a difference, to be able to be heard. So thank you. Oh, that's nice, Justin. I appreciate that. And boy, you have done a lot, haven't you? you from that phone call with that counselor who spent an hour and a half with you, reminding you that you were worthy and special and uh, you had your rights. Um, Kids have to hear that. Grown-ups have to hear that. Anybody who is experiencing bullying, what was it in you that made you decide to be other people's voices? When did that happen for you, Justin? I'm going to share a special moment. There was a boy in Ottawa named Jamie Hoopley. He ended up committing suicide. When I walked to school, I was a little bit older at the time. I was being a more of a leader. I was more involved, getting involved with the programs within my school. And I was bringing awareness to bullying. I just had the opportunity to share my story in high school on anti-bullying day. And I had the whole school cheering me on. Even those that made my life very, very difficult to just live and be a kid. But it really opened my eyes as after I shared my story, I had another girl that wanted to share her story. And I walked back up on the stage and I held her hand while she had a piece of paper and she read word from word sharing her story. That was really inspiring. And that's what made me realize that there was a little bit more 
out there with using your voice to make a difference because it was making a change, making people realize that they weren't alone and being able to relate on many different levels. Even if so many of us have so many stories to share and we know nothing about it. But once you hear that story, you understand a little more. So there was a time where I walked into my library. I had a first period spare. And once I walked in there, I was handed a newspaper article from my librarian. Once she passed me this newspaper article, I ended up taking it, I sat down and I ended up reading it. There was a big bold title on the front page that said, Ottawa teen committed suicide. His name was Jamie Hoobly. And when I read his story and read this article in this newspaper, I felt like I was reading a story about myself in all honesty. It was a, a young gay open male that was just being tormented in his community as well, um, having horrible bus incidents with bolts and things chucked at him and he ended up taking his life. Once I read that, I almost felt like this could have been my story. This, this could have been me. I, I, I'm living right now to say that I, I, I actually surpassed so much. But from everything that I experienced, I don't know what person would be able to stay strong and have broad shoulders when you absolutely feel so alone in this world. And from reading on Jamie Hoobly, it made me so aware that I needed to use my voice to speak up for those that were voiceless, to be a leader for those that need light. We look in a tunnel and it can be so dark sometimes, but if I can be at the end of the tunnel, trying my best to be a beacon of light, to show others that I have a story to share and so do you, because all stories are so important. And when we bring stories together, our voices become so much louder. And from then, I ended up going from school to school to school, having Jamie Hoobly in my mind, telling myself that there's a Jamie in this audience mm -hmm. that needs to be reminded that they are loved and that they're worth it. Absolutely. Because I once felt like I was not worth it. And being relative with others, it made me open up so many doors with motivational speaking. And at that time, I was shaking. I was afraid. I was nervous, scared, sweating. And I kept telling myself, I'm not going to it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. But it was that that passion that I need to go and do it because it's not about me. It's about making a difference. And that's why I started speaking and using my voice because it wasn't about Justin going out there and speaking. It was about using my voice in hopes that other people will use theirs. I am so glad that you did that. And for all our listeners out there, especially for those who may be struggling right now, thinking that you're alone being bullied, what Justin has just uh, shared with us is proof that so many people are going through what you're going through right now and that you're not alone and that you do have a voice and you do have a right to reach out and ask for help and guidance and assistance. And Justin, what you did, you got, I, I saw that little video clip uh, that you sent me uh, on, uh, on Messenger in which you were standing on an audience on fire 
and the kids were just applauding you and they were just, and you were just bringing this love into that room. And I can just imagine what it must be like to be in a room with you sharing your story because your story is reaching people. You've made a difference. You've gone and you started a, a webpage called Rise Against Bullying. And uh, tell us about that, riseagainstbullying.ca folks, write that down. And if anyone out there is being bullied, listen to Justin, he's got a voice. You know, Justin and Rachel and other people like them are there to support you and to help you through this. You're not alone and you are worthy of this life and you are worthy of love and everything else that this beautiful earth brings to us. So Justin, tell us about Rise Against Bullying. It all started from sharing my story in silence on YouTube with cue cards. I ended up sharing my story in 2011 on December 4th. I had this idea where I bought some cue cards and I seen a video of someone kind of doing something similar. And I thought, I didn't have a voice. My voice doesn't matter. I'm going to make my video and I'm going to tell my story through cue cards. Hmm. Once I shared my story through cue cards, I went in my room. My mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to go make my first YouTube video. <laughs> and I ended up sharing my story of things my mom never knew about. There was things that like, um, you know, trying to take my life several times, things that I didn't open up to my parents about. Um, that was my own personal choice and my own personal feelings. And I didn't feel that bravery or that confidence was speaking with my mom about a situation just like that. So when I shared my story on YouTube and I uploaded it, and it was literally hours after I got uh, a news interview from CBC that contacted me wanting to do an, uh, an interview. And I go on Facebook and my stories on everyone's Facebook walls. And it's just starting to spread like wildfire because I just cracked a wall or, you know, started a ripple effect with making a difference by sharing my story that other people started sharing theirs. So from sharing my story online, I ended up getting a lot of personal messages sent to my personal Facebook. It became a little overwhelming. I was having people all over the place from the world messaging me on what to do. I'm being bullied. How can you help me? I've also been in the same situation. And then I started getting uh, more encouraging messages from people in my community and all over telling me to keep staying strong and that they're so proud of me for sharing my story and that we need more people like you, Justin. Those kind of words is what made me realize that there was something that I needed to do to be able to make more of a difference, to be able to grab all of these people that are reaching out to me on a personal message and bring them together. So my personal Facebook became a little overwhelming that I ended up coming up with an idea in 2012 on September 3rd of a Facebook page called Rise Against Bullying. It started off as a Facebook page and now has become an ongoing campaign, meaning it's a campaign that's never going to end because when we stand together, our voices become better. And by creating Rise Against Bullying, my whole mission was being able to create a safe place, a place that people could come to, to be able to express their feelings, express their stories, be able to relate with other people in similar situations that you have been in. And from doing that, again, it was a huge ripple effect. More and more and more people got involved with wanting to raise awareness towards bullying prevention. And I started sharing other people's stories onto the page. 
which was making other people want to share theirs. And it was really cool to watch the bravery and courage of so many others that started opening up their hearts and souls and reminding people that they made it past today. And they're going to share what they've been through in their past and focus on the future. And it was just so inspiring to be able to see people coming together. From, from having a Facebook page and being able to have people all coming together, I started doing more media interviews, being picked up by a few news stations wanting to learn more about what I do and who I am. And just from there, things just started occurring where I was getting more involved with mental health, bringing awareness to the LGBTQ plus community and bringing awareness to bullying. That is so remarkable. I'll tell you, you know, it, it's like you open the door and then it keeps opening further and further and further out and being vulnerable and sharing our stories. It connects people. A lot of people think that vulnerability is a dark emotion. They associate it with regret, sorrow, loss, whatever, but vulnerability is completely the opposite. It opens the door. It connects us. It makes us realize that we are more similar than we are different. And by sharing our human experiences, we get the support and the connection and the love that we're looking for. And your voice, my friend, has been rising and rising and rising. And you were on a uh, TELUS show that people can reach out and on Facebook and check it out. It's called Dark Cloud. And it's a special in which it talks about bullying and the, the, the sadness that everything uh, that bullying has brings along with it. And there's so much more letters by Justin campaign. I want to touch on that because you're doing something remarkable there too. You keep on doing different things, buddy. Tell us about that one. So letters by Justin, I've been writing letters for several years and I just found out uh, seven years ago, I wrote hundreds of Christmas cards to people. It started off with writing Christmas cards. And then I realized that this was a reoccurring thing every year. Um, Christmas, people feel so alone. People feel so not loved by their families. 40% of LGBTQ youth are homeless because of family rejection. With me being who I am. What? Is that right? In the States, yes. Over 40% of LGBTQ youth are homeless because of family rejection. The statistic might have changed just a little, but I know that things haven't changed as much just from the connections of people that I've been reaching out to for several years mm. where their families still aren't accepting of them. And I'm still writing to them every year. And this year, especially with COVID, with this pandemic and quarantine, I realized that Everyone was dealing with so much isolation, financial challenges, mental health, too much time on social media, which is now creating cyberbullying and more negative feedback about yourself. So I had the initiative of the end of October to do some requests for people, whoever wanted a Christmas card, to reach out to me as my goal was 1,000 cards this year. I really wanted to push it because since I'm not able to do my functions, being able to go into the schools to do my public speaking, I thought, how am I going to stay connected with the people that care so much about me? And I want them to know that I care so much about them as well. Mm. And when I put out the request and I said, who wants a Christmas card? 
share a little bit about yourself so I can reply to you and have it personal. It was so heartbreaking this year, especially. A couple of years ago, you know, you, I had a couple of people that, you know, were down and really needed some inspiration. And with this year, people were feeling so low and just so broken and being torn away from their families to not being able to be with their families because they were not accepted, dealing with bullying um, and hardships in life. And after reading email by email by email, I was spending more time reading emails than I was responding in cards because people were just opening up. I was a person that was able to listen to them. And it was just really, really crazy this year with the responses of people because they've just really wanted something that they can cherish and just hold for a moment. And I would never in a million years think that one card can make a huge difference in somebody's life. But even the aftermath of people receiving my cards, the tears, the excitement, the joy, the huge paragraph of an email I'm reading saying, thank you so much. I got nothing for Christmas this year. I haven't even received a phone call. One thing I did receive was your card. And I want to say thank you so much. And thank you so much for the glitter that you put inside of it. You know, it... It's so amazing to just be able to personally write to people that I'm familiar with. Um, all these names that with Rise Against Bullying, there might be a hundred and almost 90,000 people on there, but the names stick with me. I know who I'm talking to. Um, it's like a library, a filing cabinet. Every name is registered and every person in my brain goes, hmm. Jacob, I remember him because he was dealing with something with social media. A huge scandal was happening with him with people making a fake account and attacking him. Or Lily. Lily, you know, she was pregnant at a very young age and her mom kicked her out, but her mom's now accepting her into the home. My brain goes into 100 miles per hour because every person, I take the time with people now. And I've learned, you know, you can go in one ear out the other or you can take the time to actually listen to what somebody's saying to you. And then that way you're going to forever remember who they are just, just by a brief of a little description or situation. And yeah. by able, by being, by being able to connect with people, it opens up my eyes that it's not just about Christmas cards. It's about letters by Justin 365 days a year just like a crisis line that's available 365 days a year and 24 hours. I want to be that person that will be there 24 hours, 365 days a year that I'm able to write to at least um, every night. I was writing 60 cards every night and that's 60 people. And if I do 60 times 30, like that's, that's a big number of being able to remind people of like a wellness card on um, telling them that they're loved and that they're liked and appreciated. And it made myself feel great. And I know the difference that it's definitely made because I've got to sit back after my injury with my hand. Once I uh, wrote 802 letters, right. I wasn't able to make my thousand goal mark. But again, there was a lady in my community named Felicia. She handwritten, uh, 198 Christmas cards and sent them to them, <laughs> sent them all over and hand delivered just so I can reach the 1000 quota of my cards. And 
that's what I love is the community involvement, getting involved. And the other 200, I might have not have personally was able to write because I have injured my hand. I can't even do peace signs. Right. Kind of. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> but it's it's became it's it's just inspiring and just a fresh breath there knowing that someone went out of the way to help me even when I was down and feeling like, what am I going to do? My hand is everything. Being able to write to people, respond in emails, being able to go on social media and respond even through comments. I started going a little crazy and I'm very thankful that as I was sitting and resting and healing that I was able to see the responses from people with the cards and whether I was able to respond with a, a sentence or a couple words, yeah. I still tried my best because it just it made my whole recovery so much better. That story brings a, a, a real smile to my heart, Justin. What you're doing is remarkable. And to all our listeners out there, and, and I'm talking to the ones who may feel, well, who are being bullied, you have a voice and you have a right to reach out. And Justin, what would you tell everyone who's listening who may be being bullied right now? What would you tell them to do? How would you guide them through this? I would tell someone that is being bullied that they should surround themselves with people that are positive. They should be able to reach out to the parents or guardians or somebody that they trust, that they know that's open-minded and understanding. And if you're somebody feeling alone, lost, confused, or not feeling enough, enough or appreciated enough, Kids Help Phone is available 24-7. It's anonymous and confidential at 1-800-668-6868. You can also text CONNECT to 686868 from anywhere in Canada at any time about anything. Yep. I, I, I had actually looked up that number and was going to share it. So thank you very much for doing that. You're one step ahead of me, buddy. <laughs> so uh, you know, this has been such a, a very passionate uh, conversation that we've had about this problem that exists. And I certainly hope that more people will open up about their bullying experience and, and look for, for help and reach the helpline if they need it. And in closing, I, I want to thank you again for all the wonderful work that you're doing and for everything that uh, you stand for. Justin, you're making a difference in this world and you're inspiring us. And so thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your personal story and uh, your guidance and advice. It has been very inspiring. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Paul. And same with Inspire Us. It's people like you that inspire us every single day. So thank you so much again for giving us the opportunity to be able to use our voices on your amazing platform. Paul, you're also making a difference in this world and I thank you very much. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.